In today's episode, I want to talk about diabetes and exercise. Hi, thank you for listening. My name is Margaret Frankowitz, and I'm going to share with you what I do for exercise. I have always belonged to a local gym for as long as I can remember. Just recently, I've added a second gym because they have a swimming pool, an indoor pool, and an outdoor pool. Now, anybody who truly knows me knows I absolutely love swimming. One of the things that I do, I can go out there and do laps for an hour, come in, be totally refreshed, and really enjoy my time. So I feel very fortunate that in my area, the pools are actually open. And um, after speaking with some people on Facebook, on my page, Diabetes and Exercise, on there, come to find out that there's still some locations that are unfortunately closed. So not everybody has access to a swimming pool. Some people don't even have access to the gym. Some people only have access to what they can actually personally control. So let's go ahead and talk about walking. Walking is probably the easiest and best way to actually naturally control your diabetes. For those of us who can actually walk, um, taking a 30 minute walk either around the mall or around your community or around your neighborhood, or even on a treadmill is an excellent way of actually getting in your 30 minutes every day. So there are others who actually say, uh, the majority actually says 10,000 steps is probably the ideal number of steps you could actually make or that you should be making towards your goal towards diabetes control. With that being said, I don't naturally do 10,000 steps. I've never naturally done 10,000 steps. So when I hear people do 10,000 to 20,000 steps, give yourself a pat on the back because it's not usual. I have a little pedometer on my phone and my average steps are honestly anywhere between six and 8,000 steps. So it's pretty apparent, and that's actually the steps that I actually do at work. So it's pretty apparent that I actually need to actually step up my game a little bit in the exercise matrix. So since I don't do 10,000 steps, I'm lacking 4,000 steps here, sometimes 3,000. But I've decided to actually, you know, kind of shake up my routine a little bit. So with the swimming, I actually swim on average with my lap swimming about an hour a day when I can actually get in the pool. So between lap swimming and between walking, I'm justifying that I'm getting plenty of exercise as diabetic. Technically, they say 30 minutes a day. So if I'm doing an hour plus I'm doing my steps, I think that I'm hitting my goal without a problem. So, um, of course, I'd love to hear your comments. If you're on Facebook, please go to my Diabetes and Exercise page. It's called Diabetes and Exercise. And just leave a comment on what you do for exercise. And of course, there are others that are actually starting to comment on that page. We don't have a lot of people on that page, but that's fine. We can keep this a small, intimate group. That's perfectly okay with me. But I'd really like to know what your routine is. 
I'd like to know, do you belong to a gym? Or have you said, nay, I'm not going to the gym because of this whole COVID-19 thing. I'm staying at home and I'm just walking the dog. Hey, I think having a pet is great. I mean, not only do you have a best friend with you at all times, but you have a dog that actually encourages you to walk. Well, most dogs like to walk anyways, right? I would hope so. Any pet that I've actually had in the past, actually any dog that I've had, my cats haven't been too friendly with the leash, but my dogs have been very friendly with the leash. Now, I haven't had a dog in like 30 years, 20, 30 years, give or take, but when I did have one, my dog was also my best friend, and we, we walked a lot. Another thing you can do if you don't belong to a gym is if you have a bicycle. Bicycle is amazing exercise. I'm not exactly sure how fast or how far you would actually have to cycle, but it's a great way of exercising. Is up there, not a little bit past walking. You can get a little bit more of the cardiovascular in. Great for your lungs. How many miles do you bike? When I bike, it's only several miles usually. So I don't, I don't go out and exert myself with the biking. I can only, I can only think of one time I actually rode my bike 15 miles, and I will not forget that because it was very exerting. I was 17 at the time, very long time ago, <laughs> and I also told myself I was never going to do that again because I was physically exhausted for the next week. But it has been done. So um, I just do a couple miles when I ride my bike. It just makes everything, to me, bicycling's like second nature. So I'm sure to some of you pros that that uh, bicycle on a regular basis, that's just what you do. 15 miles is nothing. So there's always those people out there that can just blow you away in the exercise department. Well, I'm not definitely not a triathlete by any means. But um, I certainly can manage what I need to manage on my end. I may exercise a little bit more than average. But one thing that I've always dedicated is every single day to exercise. So right now I'm not riding a bike. But I do enjoy riding bikes as well. But I am swimming and I am doing the walking. So two very important things. Sometimes I lift weights, but not very often. Um, Actually, the weightlifting, I've heard, is amazing for glucose control. And, you know, just for better management of diabetes. Exercise has always been a solo event for me. Most of the time, I don't generally exercise with other people but actually all that changed last week last week there was a lady in the locker room and she was kind of new to the whole swimming thing she'd only been in the jacuzzi and there's a class going on and it looked kind of fun but kind of hokey for our age group but I actually encouraged her to join join me because I was trying it out for the first time as well and so we both did this little aerobics class in the swimming pool and it was just a lot of fun not only did we make friends with each other but we made friends with a lot of people in the class as well so that made it quite enjoyable so exercise doesn't necessarily have to be a lonely event 
uh, at your local club uh, is a great way to actually meet other people. Now, mind you, I also have a fitness membership at Planet Fitness. I have not experienced this at Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, I usually just get on the treadmill. I do mile half, two miles on the treadmill. And then I'm done. I go take my shower and I leave. So, in Planet Fitness, nobody really talks to each other. But I actually joined a private club a month ago. And people are just so nice at this club. I joined this club just out of the blue. I just opened up my papers looking for swimming pools in the area. And I found this club that had indoor and outdoor swimming pools. I'm like, well, this sounds quite interesting. So I went there and I was absolutely blown away. It was absolutely charming. They have a little coffee bar uh, where they also do protein shakes and they, they, I think they serve food too. Not that really anybody's thinking about food when they go to exercise, but I think they do. And, uh, you know, of course they have the first floor, second floor. And um, they have like their weight rooms. They have multiple weight rooms, I should say. They have multiple locker rooms. It's just absolutely a fantastic, amazing little gym that I found in the middle of Idaho. So um, with that being said... Uh, look for clubs in your areas that have swimming pools if you want to join a, a great club. I do. Pay, it's a little bit pricey, so I pay a little bit more than what I've actually paid at, like, a, for instance, a 24-hour fitness location. However, it has been completely worth it. Every day I'm meeting somebody new, um, small talk, friends. It's kind of nice. So I'm not really used to actually having workout buddies when I'm, I'm trying to do my routine, but it has been quite pleasant. It was not something I actually expected to start being friendly with a bunch of people from the fitness world. Usually, like at Planet Fitness, for instance, I'll make friends with the front counter person, but it's really not recommended that you actually make friends with people in the club just because, you know, they're doing their thing and they leave. And, of course, it's a younger crowd. So the club I actually belong to is actually, um, no, they have now a wide range of ages. But I'm telling you, I have never seen so many 50-something, um, what do they call them, Silver Sneakers Club. Um, <laughs> it's a great way to say uh, um, older population. They have a lot of the older population, but they have a whole lot of everybody, all ranges. They have kids, adults, seniors, they have everybody. So, um, and everybody joins uh, one class or another. So, um, there can be a lot of benefits in actually participating in a club in your local area. Uh, again, that I found a real gym because I don't pay that much per month, much of a difference from. Um, a comparable club where I don't talk to anybody. So for an extra 20 bucks, yeah, I, I, I could definitely say that I've, I'm definitely getting my money's worth and it's definitely been interesting. So I've been very fortunate. I would imagine the YMCA might be something like that. Anyways, it's, it's the place that I go to is a little bit like a step above YMCA material because I've been to, I've been to a couple YMCAs that I wasn't too happy about. Um, just because the way that they did things back in the 60s and 70s are completely different from the way they actually do things now. 
So I guess I should explain what I'm talking about when I say YMCA back in the 70s, 80s, maybe the 60s. But this little town that I used to, to live in for a few years called Twin Falls, the one I just moved from, they have a YMCA. And I really, really wanted to go swimming. And this place happened to be opening up their swimming pool after the whole COVID-19 crunch thing. So I went in there and, oh my goodness, people are amazingly friendly, very nice. I mean, it was definitely a gym I wanted to join just for the people. Uh, however, and it, it was immaculately clean. I got to backtrack here too. Immaculately clean. I, I mean, there was no complaints here. You could eat off their floors. It was that clean. Uh, which is, you'd think, unusual for a Y, the, or YMCA, right? Um, however, I, I went into the bathroom, which was the one that was immaculately clean. I mean, the floors were sparkling. These floors were amazing. But they were also amazingly old. The whole building was amazingly old. Definitely needed to be renovated or something because it was old. And in the, I was absolutely mortified when I saw that there were open showers. Um, the reason being is because I think they had like 12 showers in this square box room and absolutely no drapes. There were no partitions, separators, etc. And it kind of reminded me of something worse than high school because in high school at least you had one of those flimsy little curtains to actually uh, help hide you. Oh wait, maybe they didn't. Oh wait, they did it back in my high school. Okay, so yes, I guess it would have to remind me back in my high school back in the 80s. So um, maybe not even the 60s, 70s. I would have to say 80s. It was just like bizarre. And you know what? Back in the 80s, when I was showering in gym, it they they had this one shower at my old high school, where uh, in the PE room they only had one. You know, like for instance, most most girls that were on their menses would actually use that shower because it had the single curtain, you know, they didn't want to embarrass themselves in front of the group. Well, when I was a kid, I was very, very, um, I, I didn't like the fact that we had open showers. I mean, I would try to shower before the other girls got there or after they all left. I didn't want them to see me naked. I was very embarrassed by that and I didn't need to have a period to be embarrassed by that I just was um when most girls were actually walking around nude I could not do that and I still to this day do not feel comfortable with it I mean I guess some people are nobody ever talks about this stuff but it was something where I was brought it was the way I was brought up and it was I was brought up to be modest I wasn't brought to you know let it all hang out and even now, it's bizarre to see, <laughs> to, to see people who just let it all hang out. Um, unfortunately, one of the gyms, or the, the, the club that I actually belong to, of course, they have partitions in the showers and stuff like that. But anyways, back to the YMCA, it's one of the reasons why I didn't join. So, I mean, they had lovely, well, one of the main reasons. They had lovely people there, but one of the problems was the showers. They didn't have partitions in there to actually have that privacy that you needed and uh, also they were uh, using swamp coolers so uh, to cool the place and they were talking about having air conditioning one day in the future we're in 2020 if you don't have air conditioning by now and you're a ymca you're probably not going to especially in a building this old you're probably just going to tear that down and just build a new building and then add the air conditioning 
you ever have the money. So, and I think that's what they actually need to do. Sorry, Twin Falls. But anyways, um, so that's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit about exercise that I just thought I'd add. So, um, I'm kind of curious again on your thoughts on exercise. Again, please go to diabetes and exercise and have a little bit of dialogue with me. I am very proactive on that page, so I will respond to you same day um, for comments if, if that's what, what you need. Uh, and I'm kind of curious what your routines are. I, I've told you a little bit about mine and, and what I do, and it has been an absolute godsend because, um, as I've, I've said in, in multiple segments, I have been watching my A1C and watching your A1C go down to a more normal range now, still in the high end, but watching it go down into a more normal range is just absolutely uh, a godsend. So um, I think I'm up for an A1C again another month to get a panel done. So we'll see where that's at. But But one of the things I'm kind of curious about, um, as you are the individual, and I want I want some dialogue here. I want to t- I want to start talking with some of you. Is what are some of the challenges that you see with your diabetes and exercise? Are you getting enough exercise? Has it helped you to manage your diabetes? Are you having issues with your medications and uh, your diabetic control? Are you monitoring your blood sugar? You know, I'm kind of curious about these things. Uh, I haven't met too many diabetics out there. Now, I have to I have to backtrack a little bit. I haven't met too many diabetics like me that are just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to tackle this, I'm going to change my lifestyle, and I'm going to do this. I, I've got this. But who are a little bit more lax. So, um... Some of the gurus that I've talked to who do have diabetes, they're doing phenomenal diabetes blood sugar control. And um, Dennis Pollock is like, okay, he probably doesn't want me to say this. Dennis Pollock off of, on YouTube, he's my hero. <laughs> this guy, he's nailed it for 17, going on 18 years. And I'm just like in awe of this guy. Like, blood sugar is like 4.5. I'm like, I really wish I could have that 4.5 blood sugar, but he doesn't really talk about exercise. Maybe I need to go back into his segments and see where he talks about exercise. He doesn't really talk about exercise. He's very much into food control, food portions and stuff. And for whatever reason, he's doing a bang up job and he's managed it and he's, he's knocking it right in the bud. So, um, again, he's, one of my favorite go-to guys when I'm talking about diabetics because he's a hypoglycemic and maybe I'll talk about him in another segment but a lot of us are hyperglycemics which just basically means our blood sugar is 100 or above his happens to be below 100 and that's probably more dangerous than being a hyperglycemic I would assume however you know it's easier for him to actually well, let me rephrase it. I can't really say it's easier for him to manage because I don't know about his struggles with that. I mean, I know what he's done, but I don't know if 
his struggles are the same, you know, hyper, hypo. I just know that he's really good about controlling that blood sugar. So, but that's another segment for another day. I've taken up 20 minutes of your time. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Again, my name is Margaret Frankowitz. I'm really curious to hear your opinions. Please, if you have a Facebook page, page, please go to uh, Diabetes and Exercise. And um, I am active on that page. I am looking for comments from other diabetics. I think that we all need to have our own page and, and talk about these things because it's certainly not something that was talked about even just 10 years ago. So um, I've definitely have been through the trenches with diabetes and doing a lot of this stuff where I've been able, where I've, I've been fortunate to have um, certain places actually help me, you know, like uh, the with the diabetes management, I should say. Uh, for, for instance, I started off with just a dietitian uh, 10 years ago who was trying to explain carbs to me, which is totally another set, uh, segment as well. So I will probably talk about carbs in the future. But anyways, please share your thoughts again on the Facebook uh, Diabetes and Exercise page. Love to hear your comments, suggestions, criticisms. Just lay it all out. Make it raw. I love it. And uh, I'll see you there. Thank you and be kind to each other.